Hello and welcome to the show. We are, of course, the Football Weekly Podcast. I am delighted to join my panel of Brian Waters. Hello. Mike Fairclough. Hello, Jordan. And Rainford's Alex Such. Hello, Jordan. How are you, Alex? I'm very good, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good to know. You happy now? Certainly. Beautiful. And we move on to the random question, just to, you know, feel us in. Get the feelers in. My random question this week is, favourite cereal? Michael Fairclough, take us away. What's your favourite cereal, Paul? It's not cereal, but favourite breakfast meal, porridge. Well, you... That just doesn't answer the question. Do I look bothered? <laughs> okay. Alex, <laughs> would have to be Weetabix. Weetabix. That's not cereal. What was that you had to do? It is. It's a wheat biscuit. Sounded delicious. Cereal. Special K, honey and... Oats. Oh, honey and oats. Crunchy nut. I forgot about the old crunchy yeah, nut. Yeah, because wheat bits into bloody Clusters. Clusters, though. Brian. Clusters. I'm boring. Cornflakes. I am. I am. I am. To be fair, back home, back home when I'm back in Liverpool, brown flakes, rice krispies, hot milk. Nice. Blueberry wheats. Do you know the, uh, obviously, apricot wheats? Have you seen them? They're like shredded wheats, but with like yeah. a bit of a fruit jam in the middle. Blue, blueberry wheats. Yeah. Blueberry wheats. Really nice. I really, eat, I really eat cereal. Breakfast much. I'm going to promote it. Jam and toast. Do you know what I have for my Promote Special K here, though, as we've just said. Special K. Honey and oats. Special K. Nice. Just introduce myself to it. Mike, Mike will know just as well the, the enjoyment I had while eating it. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Beautiful. And we'll get into the football and we'll start at Liverpool. Um, at the Emirates, I apologise. It was not Liverpool. Um, Liverpool against Arsenal, where Liverpool were beaten 2-1 in somewhat controversial circumstances. Anyone want to talk about Howard Webb? Because I'll be delighted to answer any questions. <laughs> you might as well get that out of the way. Brian, I think you've got something, yeah? Um, yeah. Hope you have. Obviously, Howard Webb is considered as England's best referee. Obviously, doesn't show it, kind of in the in the recent history. Um, obviously, gave one penalty for Suarez. Didn't give another one. Didn't give another one at Chelsea away. So he's not exactly endearing himself to the Uruguayan. What were your views on the decision? I, I was I was um, looking directly at it, and I think um, I think like a lot of people, it's just a stonewall penalty. Um, I think because it's Suarez, a lot of people have tried to like sort of paint over his, his theatrics and, and stuff like that. And you know, he, he does go over it. You know, well, looks like he's been stunned, doesn't he? Like cold, you know, stone cold, stone. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, it was a penalty. It shouldn't really matter about who it is and what what theatrics there are. But um, it was it was just um, he's got a, he's got a past, hasn't he? Really, Howard Webb of um, not giving us decisions. Um, and you know it was pretty surreal for the whole whole stadium at one point to be singing um, "You're not fit to referee," and I think that said it all. Really, I think he gave bad decisions against us. He gave bad decisions against against Arsenal. I think he just had a really poor game. And he set the tone really early on. I think it was about in the third or fourth minute he booked um, Monreal. For, I don't. I haven't seen it back, but it looked a bit pretty innocuous. Um, foul on Suarez, or it might have been Joe Allen, and then Flanagan, but got booked. You know, a few minutes later, and it was. We were talking. About, we were talking before the show about about like consistency, but it was just it was ridiculous. It was, it was bordering on just like ridiculous the fact that he was just getting his card out every couple of minutes for the most innocuous of fouls, and he just had a really bad game. And um, I think it's time for the whole country to consider the fact that he's actually not very good. Um, Brian mentioned that he's widely considered the best English referee. Do you think that kind of idea and that reputation sort of leads to games like this? They'll just be swept under the carpet, and it'll be. Referee in next next week and it's all forgotten about. I, d- I don't know whether it's going to be different th- um, different this week because um, I, know, I know it's only Graham Paul, but he's got a column in the the Daily Mail and he basically called him a bottler for not giving the decision. Um, so I, d- I don't know whether there's going to be a bit more uproar about this one than last time. But the Chelsea one seems to be swept under the carpet um, pretty quickly. Um, I think that was down to the fact that Mourinho called Suarez a diver and uh, the press seemed to pile on that. But um, no, I, I think I think you know, like a lot of referees, when they get decisions wrong, they get demoted. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't get demoted for, for making such a bad decision. There's obviously been a lot of talk about the fact that Suarez's reputation kind of precedes him, and he did take a long time to give the first one. Do you think that if he hadn't have given that first penalty, he would have ended up giving the second one, or should it not matter in that instance? It, it shouldn't matter, but the, the fact remains the fact. Um, the so in the second one, was I think miles lot... more of a penalty than the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's a, both of them were fouls and. I th- I th- to be fair, um, you know I'm not Howard Webb's biggest fan, but I don't think there's many referees in the country that would have would be brave enough to give another penalty in in a game of that magnitude, especially when you know it's the opposition team. Um, you know, the, I know Arsenal aren't the most you know hostile crowds, but they were getting on his back quite a bit, and 
um, towards the end he, he bowed to a lot of pressure um, he gave a foul against Daniel Agron Snowgo um, which was no different to any other battle at the aerial duel that they had during the game so um, it just seemed to me that um, like, like a lot of referees that um, he didn't really want to give a second penalty in the game but when something's that blatant it, it makes it you know if, it, if it's one of those where it's a 50-50 um, like the Raheem Sterling's earlier in the season against Stoke you can sort of say well fair enough but when it's as blatant as it was, then you know you, you struggle to make any excuse, any excuses for referees. Uh, away from the refereeing decisions, um, disappointing to come away f- uh, from that game. Obviously being knocked out of the cup. Yeah, definitely. I think um, I think we we'll probably all agree that um, Arsenal were there for the taking. I didn't really see anything from Arsenal to say that they were the better team. I think we deserved at least the draw. But I think when you know you miss three golden opportunities, um, you know especially two so early on. When the game's so you know poised, you're always you're always gonna make you know, cause problems for yourself. And you know Arsenal are a bad team. You know they've got some you know r- real quality in the team. Um, I thought that Alex Oxley team was superb yesterday. And he caused us all you know loads of problems down the right and and through the middle. So um, yeah, but the main disappointment was just the fact that you know they were there for the taking of thoughts and the fact that Daniel Sturridge you know when he's when he's being those opportunities this season he's taking them. So um, yeah, as I said, you got you got to take those opportunities when you go to. He goes to grounds like the Emirates. You mentioned Sturridge. Um, obviously, he had, he had three very good opportunities in the game. At the end, at the final whistle, he was kind of in consort, hunched on the floor on the, the halfway line. With a player like him, is it important now that, that Brendan Rodgers picks him back up and gets him going again for the remainder of the season? Because you, you don't want his confidence being at an all-time low. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I, he doesn't seem like the sort of type that's a confidence player. I think he's, I think he's got probably a lot of self-belief. Um, I think we've spoken on, sh- on the show before about the fact that he's quite arrogant, and you know he seems to you know sometimes maybe you know think too much of himself. So I can't really see that being too much of an issue. You know, all strikers have off days. Um, you know, you look at his goal scoring record in recent weeks. You can't really you know argue with him. He's he's um, he's got us out of you know pretty bad situations in the past. So um, we'll just you know we, the team just got to move on, and um, we still got a lot to play for in the league. So um, that's probably the only positive that we can take the fact that we can we can concentrate solely on the league now. Um how much did you miss Jordan Henderson yesterday? Yeah we did I think I think in recent weeks he's provided that bit of spark a bit of energy in the midfield that we've been missing for a lot of the season. especially with Gerard sitting a lot deeper. Um I'm not really too sure the reason why um, he didn't start the game. But um I don't know, maybe maybe Rogers was give, just giving him a bit of a, a rest, you know. He has been vital to us in recent weeks so um yeah, you just gotta be, you just gotta be happy the fact, the fact that you know, he was, he was given the rest, um, and hopefully, you know, sort of next couple of games, he's, he's back to the energetic self that he, that he is. Obviously, now there's only twelve games left for you this season, um, at being out of the cup, no European action at all, um, in terms of the games that are coming up, you only have to travel really to, to Man United, and you face Tottenham, Chelsea, and City at home. Is it less of a burden now that you're out of the FA Cup and, and you can concentrate solely on the league, or would you have liked a, a little cup run? To no, get a I, I think like all Liverpool fans would like to cup, uh, like the cup run. Sorry, um, I, d- I don't see how, how really the FA Cup's a burden unless you get a replay. Really, um, you know, obviously it's every weekend, so you've got a good enough gap really in between games. Um, but uh, for me, I, I I didn't see no reason why um, we could have went for both for both you know the Champions League or the title and, and the FA Cup. I think. Um, you know, everyone wants to. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a good competition to go to Wembley twice. Is it, it is a great opportunity as a as a fan, and um, to have that day out in London and at Wembley. But it was just disappointing, really. You know, so, but we all knew that it was going to be tough going to Arsenal, especially after you know beating them the way we did the other week. We knew they'd be able to get revenge. So, um, you know, as you said, we just got to concentrate on the league now. And, you know, make make sure that um, we finish in that top four. So in your next three games, um, Southampton away, then Swansea at Anfield and then obviously Manchester United away what are your expectations for those games as we head into kind of the March and April end of the season as I said you know like to a, to a, to a few people the fact that I think so, we're going to struggle at Southampton I think you know although they didn't play well in the weekend I think they're you know playing really well in the, in the league at the minute so um, Pochettino seems to be able to get his team to play well in the big games against the bigger opposition so I think that's that's going to probably be the most challenging away game between now and the end of the season. Um, I, I do expect us to go to Old Trafford and um, get all three points the way they're playing at the minute. 
um, and especially the way we set up. I think, um, I don't think you, you know, the quickest at the back. So, you know, I'd expect us to go there. You know, at least get a get a point. And I think that's that'll you know, keep you at bay in the in the hunt for fourth. And I'd be quite happy getting a point from there. Uh, sitting pretty uh, in the league at the minute. Um, just a quick stat for you. Uh, for the first time since 1991, Liverpool lead Manchester United going into. Obviously, it's gone now, but going into Valentine's Day at the weekend, and that's a 40-point swing from last year. Um, and obviously, you, your last game was against Fulham, um, where you won 3-2, and we saw Manchester United draw 2-2 against Fulham uh, just just a few days previous. And when when I, when I was you know seeing the, seeing the results come in, all I could think of was maybe this time last year or even the year before that it would have been Liverpool who were drawing drawing those sorts of games and Manchester United who would be going on to win them um, so is it is it that obvious that, that Liverpool now can go to Old Trafford in a few weeks and, and really, really take it to them? I think it's not just how, how, how good we've been this season I think it's I think Brian will agree with me how bad they've been this season as well I think um, especially at home I don't see you know I think Rodgers will get us up for it the fact that um, he'd like to heap more more misery really on, on uh, Man United so um, yeah, I think I think you know. Obviously, we talk about like the point swing. Um, it is it is crazy to hear that stat, but I think as well. To be fair to Manchester United, I think the league's just been you know ridiculous this season. The fact that we're four points off the top, and and you know we still got three teams above us, just says it all really. And it's good. It's good to have a league like that rather than you know last season where Man United were turning away with it, um, and you know City were I think ten points behind or whatever it was. So. It is. It's. 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 At least it's a, you know an entertaining league this season rather than having you know one or two teams just um, leading the title charge. Another kind of point for that as well is is that Liverpool are obviously scoring quite a lot this season, but in in recent years, whenever you've come to Old Trafford, there's always been goals from your from your point of view. Like the three two win when Berbatov scored a hat trick, you always look to score. Obviously beating us four one, so th- those were teams where you didn't have a lot of firepower going forward. Whereas now with the the added of Sturridge and Coutinho. Then you're going to come out and you're going to attack us, and, and I don't think that we'll outscore you, but I think that you'll score plenty of goals in the game. So it's it's, it's a matter of point whether we will probably set up a little bit more defensive because the, the kind of the, the Premier League is kind of a non-entity for us this season. So I think our aim will just be to kind of stifle your attacking threat and, and, and affect your end of the season instead of ours. I think you might take us by surprise actually, because I know yesterday Arsenal seemed to take us by surprise. They they were more than prepared to let us have the ball in, in certain areas, whereas last week. Um, they they sort of you know wanted to try and dictate the game where they seemed to allow us to try and dictate the game. So it wouldn't surprise me if Moyes tried to do the exact same. I think that's probably the best way of countering us at the minute because um, when other opposition teams do have the ball, um, you know sort of when we do win the ball back often in certain areas of the pitch, then we do look very dangerous. And I think um, it's something that a lot of teams are starting to be um, starting to you know sort of want to try and stop. So. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if um, United calls us off guard by letting us have a lot of the ball at, at, um, at Old Trafford and, and trying to um, counter us rather than the opposite. Uh, just back to the Fulham game. Um, obviously, was it a couple of weeks ago? Um, I made the discovery of Everton's School of Science. Um, I, I then uh, personally went on to discover that they have a Twitter account. Uh, so I thought uh, Liverpool. It, it was the result that everyone was talking about um, the, the other night. So I thought I'd nip on to this to the school of science to see what was going on. Um, here's one. Uh, that was Liverpool's <coughs> sixth penalty of the season, highest in the Premier League. Fancy that. Do you feel like uh, uh, Liverpool are getting favourable decisions from referees this season? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, we looked yesterday, didn't we? And we didn't get that yeah. penalty, did we? And and that was followed up, uh, obviously after the penalty was was dispatched by Steven Gerrard. Um, that was followed up by they're gonna fucking win the the thing, aren't they? So Everton fans feel that Liverpool could win the league. I like the fact that they're getting behind us. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, do you think that uh, Liverpool could win the league this season? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. Your right. Support's appreciated. Not support, it's just being no, honest. No, 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 you're being very supportive, it seems to me. Fine. There'll be some, there'll be some Everton fan out there that we don't know listening to it or just tweeting now. Such what you... No, stop <laughs> it. What's with the grimace? We all know I don't want you to win the league. I just think <laughs> you can. Who do you want to win the league, then? I don't want anybody to win the league. Okay. You don't want Everton Not to win the Everton. league? Apart from the league. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would have spoiled the league this year. Yeah, just spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> Everton are going to win it anyway, so it's fine. Alex, anything to add on Liverpool? Um, no. Nope. What do you make like of uh, 
Gerard not getting sent off. What do you make of that? Yeah, yeah, good question, Alex. Um, no, I think I think if I was an Arsenal fan, I would have been screaming for him to get off. But to be to be sent off, sorry. Get off. <laughs> That's what Arsenal fans have shown. No, but I think it came so soon after the penalty appeal that I think Webb knew he got it wrong, so he was never gonna send Gerard off. He was so. never gonna not give a penalty and then yeah, send exactly. Gerard. Yeah. I think I think that's the bottle is getting us. Howard, uh, final one from me on Liverpool. Possibly is, that, is this it for Liverpool? Why not? Yeah, um, you might have missed it obviously because you were travelling down to the game yesterday. Um, in, interview with Brendan Rodgers going around the, the Sunday papers yesterday. Um, did you know that he called Coutinho a baller? <laughs> I'm surprised and he's disappointed in, the fact in, that he's in, called him a baller in his interview yesterday I think he's been hanging around with Raheem Sterling far too long he says a technical baller technical baller mm. I don't think he means the exact same no, way no, as no. everyone else um, and he also said he also went on to say um, about Coutinho he's obviously for me he's been one of my uh, favourite players to watch for the past past year year and a half or so um, he said that he wouldn't swap Coutinho for Urzel or Mata. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a lot of people were talking on the coach yesterday about that. Um, the fact that the value for mo- I think the value for money thing yeah, came into play a, a lot more than yeah. anything else. The fact that we got him for eight million, it's a steal. I think I think that's probably one of the best bit, bits of business in in a lot, of, lot in a long time for Liverpool. If you think about you know how much money we've paid for a lot of players over the over the past um, few years, Andy Carroll and Stuart Down and players like that. You know, it's it's about time that we got you know a good deal because it's we've you know historically we've we've paid way over the top for a lot of average players, so it's about time that you know we got a fair deal. Really, I think personally, I, I don't know about the the rest of you, but I'd probably have to agree with that just for the sake of consistency. Like you've seen Özil now at the minute, who he doesn't even look like he's yeah, he doesn't look like he's snow. And obviously, matter you know he, he hasn't really had the run in the team. I think if yeah, you can't, can't really judge, I think if can't can't really judge him if you can't judge him it's Coutinho Ozil there's, there's been a lot of stuff in in kind of today's papers about those two that played each other yesterday of course and, and Ozil just seems to be really really tired at the minute I know Wenger's called for him to have a break but the thing is with Coutinho as well is the fa- in the last couple of weeks especially against um, Everton against um, Arsenal he's ha- he's actually he's, he's actually like another midfielder he's not yeah. he's not actually a number 10 he's no, he yeah. like another midfielder he adds a lot more to the to the um to well, the Brendan called him a number just... eight in, in one of the papers. He said he was a number eight instead of a number ten in the way that you play it now. Right. So I don't yeah. I don't know what, what a number eight role is. I think it's Is that box to box? Yeah. Okay. In that kind of in okay. that kind of element. I'll take that, yeah. But it was also in, it was also interesting that the, the fact that when he did sign for Liverpool it was in the uh the old Schneider will he come to the Premier League, will he not, will he come to United and pick Galatasaray instead and Coutinho just went straight under the radar. And he's arguably a much better player than Schneider is at yeah. the minute. No, definitely. And we move on to Manchester City's win against Chelsea at the weekend on Saturday evening, avenging their Premier League defeat only a couple of Mondays ago, Mike. How satisfying was that to beat Jose Mourinho and Chelsea? To beat Chelsea first. Um, not to beat Jose Mourinho's no. Chelsea? No. I d- I Chelsea's Jose Mourinho? I, d- I don't want to give him the satisfaction of Michael Fairclough publicly stating that uh, Manchester City beat him. Will Jose he be Mourinho? listening? Of course he will. And he was sat there going, <laughs> pulling his face. Um, yeah, yeah it, it was a really good performance. It was the performance that um, we expected in the league. Um, and I think uh, a friend of mine made, made a good point after the game saying that you know if, if Chelsea would have gone on to beat us in that game and beat us um, three times in one season, I think that would have been crucial to both both of our seasons. I think you know to carry on the rest of the season and think, oh, well, you know, we've lost three times to Chelsea and for Chelsea to carry on and think, well, we, we can go and beat anyone now because we've beat City twice at their place and and we've beaten three times. So I think it was important um, in terms of momentum for the rest of the season because um, over the past couple of games we've looked like we needed a performance like that to to carry on um, and try and get as many points as, as we can now from the remaining games in the season, especially with Barcelona coming up on Tuesday. Mourinho's been speaking a lot recently, as we all know. Has he? So how good was this for Marie, uh, for Pellegrini to finally get one over on him? Yeah, um, obviously we've, we've spoke about his record, haven't we, uh, a couple, yeah. couple of weeks ago against Mourinho, and it's disappointing. Um, so I, th- I think for him, I think it, it'll be a bit of a relief, really, um, because obviously it's quite obvious that they don't get along. Um, so, yeah, to, to beat anyone, and, and I think... Like I said, I think that the players as well. You could tell that they they weren't happy with the performance that they put out um, in the league, and it, it was nice to see that they uh, had a point to prove. I think special mention to uh, 
Edin Dzeko, who, who I'll, I'll put my hands up. I've uh, I've slagged him off in the past and, um, and questioned question his performances, but I thought he was brilliant again. I thought he was brilliant on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, he he worked hard, which is all, all you want him to do. He seems to when when he works hard. It was a similar performance against Bayern Munich away in the Champions League. When he works hard, he doesn't get himself a goal. And, and when he doesn't, when he's strolling about the pitch, he'll he'll pick up a goal with ten minutes, five ten minutes to go in the game when the game's dead. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was outstanding. Great little uh, assist for Jovetic as well, which you don't really see Jekyll doing, but he, he was brilliant. Obviously, as you said, you went with a, a front two of Jovetic and Jekyll. Um, obviously, going into Tuesday's game against Barcelona, do you think this is the two that Pellegrini will choose? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I think the um, <clears throat> great will come back in and probably start. Because um, I, I read something the other day that um, PK was talking about, like openly, publicly talking about the fact that Barcelona can't defend crosses. So I'd, I'd be surprised if you didn't stick Negredo in there That's and then Gerard. play. Sure, was saying. Play, uh, play Navas as well, because um, obviously they know each other very well. It's and, and it is unfair on Jeko and Jovetic, but I think um, you might play Nasri Silva and Navas in some way, and maybe have you know Nasri or Silva coming off Negredo. That, that's just me, and that's probably why I'm not a football manager, though, Joe. What about what, what's Nasri's impact back into the team going to do for? Brilliant, yeah. Um, he's picked up where where he left off. Um, he's he's just a bundle of energy. I think I think he's got a point to prove himself. Um, you know, the, the past couple of years have been disappointing uh, since he arrived, and it's 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 great to see. It literally is to use an old cliche. It's like like having having a new signing, um, not just because he's back from injury, but oh. just just because that. he's. That's, that's what? You like that cliche? Yeah. Thanks. I like the way you you alerted everyone to it as well. To the cliche. Okay. Right. To, to the. Lads, does the cliche come in? Yeah, I like that. Like a cliche warning. A gale. Cliche. What do you uh, what do you make of the news that Fernandinho should be back for tomorrow night's game? Uh, delighted, Alex. Uh, In a word. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, another player who you might who you might have thought that I wouldn't praise, Javi Garcia. Wow. He he was he was excellent against Chelsea. Um, I think I think he's understanding now. Can you just clear up what you just said? What? What, what, what did he, he was what against Chelsea? Excellent against Chelsea. Oh, right. is that, is that I thought, what I thought you said something else. <laughs> what? Never mind. The C word. That's what we thought you said. What? When? It sounded like it. Come on, Mike. Um, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he's taken a uh, leaf out of the Gareth Barry positioning book. Because oh. I think, you know, he, he knows that he's not blessed with pace. So did I think, he get a yellow I, I card yesterday? I don't think he did. Well, he's not as Would good as Gareth Barry yet. The Gareth Barry position book. It'd be the most boring book ever, but yeah. How many chapters? Three. <laughs> <laughs> Why three? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like um, this to be those 88 chapters, one for every book. No, 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 there's, there's three chapters, but each uh, 8,000 pages long. <laughs> um... Uh, anyway, Javi Garcia, uh, obviously not blessed with pace, so, and I think he's understanding the importance of being in the right position, because um, Matic, after he played well against City, he was the best midfielder in the world. Hazard, when he played well against City, he was the best player in the world. Um, so it was nice to see that Garcia um, put in a good performance, Alex. Is he the best midfielder in the world? Of course he is. All right, wonderful. Um, obviously, Joey and Lescott came back into the side as well. Um, there's, there's a lot of rumours that he's going to leave in the summer after what he said after the game. Would you play him against Barcelona alongside company on Tuesday night? And would you want to keep him at the end of the season? Or bring in Mangala? Um, question one. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, I, I would want him to play against Barcelona, but um, I'm, you pre- think I'm, I'm preparing myself for him to play um, Martin Demichelis. Oh, that's going to be great. It is. Messi, Messi against Demichelis will be a laugh for everyone apart from myself. He <laughs> <laughs> um, was, again... <laughs> I'm sounding like a stuck record here, but but Lescott was was brilliant um, against Chelsea, completely shut out uh, Eto, and then obviously he went off, and then they didn't have anyone up front, and it was pretty pretty much plain sailing from from there. Um, in terms of end end of the season, I think he's getting to that age now. He's he's still a great player, and, and I think he'd he'd probably be a welcome addition for most teams in the Premier League. I think um, he, he might not start every week for most teams, but he. It's for me. He's our second choice centre back because Nastasic um, has lost a bit of form this year. He's still still learning the game. Demichelis, I'm obviously not the biggest fan of, uh, and so that leaves Lescott, and he's very rarely let, let us down. He's not actually done that much wrong to, you know, warrant a place on the bench every week. But 
I, to be honest, I, I wouldn't be too disappointed if at the end of the season we uh, we let him go. Um, just one point from me. Um, I don't know whether anyone else has got anything else. I might do, Jordan. You never know. Okay. Okay. Um, obviously, Barcelona tomorrow. Can you just tell me about your excitement, please? Uh, yes, Jordan. Um, and, and, and just one, another another point on that. I know you probably get sick and tired of talking about it, but you know this really does show how far City have come. You know, it's probably, it's probably like ten years to this season that Robbie Fowler missed the penalty against Middlesbrough to stop you from getting the brief cut. Yeah, and like you know, obviously, the, like obviously, I only watched that match match today, but there seems to be mass disappointments. And then you've got Bar- you're hosting Barcelona in the last sixteen in the Champions League tomorrow. Yeah, um, it's it, it's crazy. Like, like when I was growing up as a City fan, like I was the only one at, at primary school. Like, I'd I've I've stood in the yard, and I remember for some, for, for some reason. <laughs> I was stood in the yard on, on your my own. own in the in the freezing wet rain going oh, okay. Were you Manchester City scarf? <laughs> no, no. I remember us beating it was the first it was the year we got promoted, um, when Ali Bernabi was the best player on the planet. Um and we beat Sunderland, who I think that was the season they got like nine points or something, like and they went down as bottom club and we beat them three 0 away from home. And I remember having the biggest smile on my face ever because I I don't think I'd ever seen us beat anyone three <laughs> 0 in in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's madness. Like it's it's one of those tomorrow where usually in games like this you feel a bit nervous, but like I I, I just can't be nervous because I'm like I'm so excited for for the game. It's like to have to welcome all those players to to City and to watch like yeah, my welcome. my team. Yes, yeah, hello. <laughs> nice to see you. Um, <clears throat> No, it's 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 gonna be brilliant, and I, and I can't wait. What do you think is the key to beating them? Uh, I think, I think on our day, I'd, I'd go as far as saying we could probably beat anyone. Um, we've, we have take, taken it up on uh, another level this year. We've beaten Bayern Munich away from home, uh, which which is pretty special. Um, so I think if if we play our own game, obviously it'll take a bit of luck because of the players they've got. You know, um, it's it's not that simple to beat Barcelona. Uh, I think it would probably be a case of building from the back, which we don't normally do. Uh, Defence has got has really got to be on top form. I'd, I'd stick Zabaleta on Messi, and I, th- I think that's probably our, our best bet there. Um, and they don't really play with a central front man, so company probably double up on Messi maybe. Um, but we've we've got to go for it because uh, I think as long as we're we're in still in the tie, might not necessarily mean us winning the game, but as long as as long as we're still in the tie for the away leg, then I'll I'll be more than happy. Okay, and we'll leave it there with Manchester City, and we'll move on to our crazy things in Europe feature. Crazy. Well, about to get all crazy in this room. Um, first of all, we start off in Italy. Where else? Um, where Rome were forced to play in front of a partially closed stadium. In their three 0 win over Sampdoria, after they displayed anti-Neapolitan banners at San Paolo during the week, um, after they were beaten, of course, three 0 by Napoli. Bit of a shock that, really, considering the first leg, which was a great game. And they even had a bit of banter at the end, and they went over to salute the the Kerva Sud, even though there was no one there, apart from a few stewards and photographers applauding them. They were still so that was nice. still singing Napoli anti-Napoli chants though in the main stand. About, in the main stand. about how Vesuvius should run the fires through the city of Naples. A couple, <laughs> couple, couple of ultras sneaked in, put a few <laughs> together. So, obviously, just sat on the director's box going, What's going on in here? What? When, when Maradona, Maradona was at the, um, the Roman after the game, the home game in the league, and you could see him walking up, like this, this little fat man walking up. And the stadium, just like the whole stadium seemed to turn. Like, there wasn't even, like, it wasn't even, didn't even matter no more the fact that there was a game going on. And that, like you'd see all the Napoli fans like sort of like bowing down to him, and like <laughs> so I'd love to know like sort of what some of the chance was, chance were, but um, there is a crazy um, hatred between the two. Um, and the next one is a tear gas canister holds the Villarreal, Villarreal, the Villarreal. You're right. Like the Arsenal, like the Arsenal. <laughs> um, holds the Villarreal's game against Celta Vigo. Um, it was eventually resumed, and Celta Vigo won two 0 but um, tear gas, yeah. Tear gas. Strange one. I've never seen that. Yeah, How do you get tear gas I think we need to take it up a level. Mm. Pyrotechnics. How do you get tear gas in the ground? That's what I want to see. Rocket launchers. <laughs> Water cannons. <laughs> Jonathan Pereira, the Villarreal striker, booted it off the pitch. Hard. Probably not one of the widest decisions he's made. Um, Christian Eriksen, finally. We haven't got that much on this feature this week. Um, went back to Ajax to say farewell. Only 
four months after he left, so you know, a bit of a belated farewell. But he went and did it anyway, and he got a rapturous applause from the... They had fireworks. I saw that. A few fireworks off. The Tonga was there, sne- sneaked in the back door. Didn't really get anything. I wonder if he got a farewell for Tonga. Did he help? Ericsson was the boy, wasn't he? Suarez got a farewell. A lot of them do, don't they? They do. They're all pretty decent. Because we haven't got a lot of crazy things in Europe this week, I'm going to surprise a question on you this week. Ooh, okay. I've, I've got another little addition. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. Your Icardi story. Mauro Icardi. Go on. Uh, obviously, we had some technical issues last week. I don't know if, it, I don't know if you caught the Icardi the story. Basically, uh, Icardi, obviously... Did, did you know, by the way, Jordan, he used to play at La Masia, Icardi. I found that out today. Played at Barca. Ah. I don't know how you say it. Masia, Masia. Masia. I don't know. Barca, Barca, Barca. But yeah. So obviously you go. you're gonna get a lot of that tomorrow. Played played at Barcelona, um, Argentinian born. Maxi Lopez played with him at Sampdoria, and Icardi is now falling in love with Maxi's wife. Uh, just dis- discovered he has her ta- her name tattooed on his right wrist, even though she's not divorced from Maxi Lopez yet. Are they, are they oh, actually seen each other? Yeah, they're, they're oh, actually properly oh. together still. And and Wanda Nara, the, the the woman is called, has Icardi's name tattooed on her body. Uh, she is an Argentinian glamour model who professed to be a virgin for the whole of her Argentinian media career, and then a, a pornographic film came out of her. Six months down the line, so... It was four-star Spreer in said movie. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I haven't checked that out. Mike? Of course he was. I think, think you're on that. So, so, obviously, but Icardi obviously scored at the weekend to give Inter Milan a win away at Fiorentina and move them within four points of Fiorentina in fourth. And he, and he drives a gold-plated Hummer H2. He sounds like a likeable guy. Yep. Obviously, taking people's wives, driving Hummer H2s, he's, what's not so I like? thought that we had a bad with Raheem Sterling, but... He's just, he's just a down-to-earth guy, you can tell. Yeah. Down to, no no pretentiousness, nothing. Nothing not flashy about it. Not 20, Twenty years of age, taking women's women away from footballers. How old how old's the woman? He does what he wants. Probably about twenty six, twenty seven. Because Maxi Lopez is thirty odd, so I presume. Okay. In that kind of area. So so if you're listening, Mauro, well done. <laughs> um obviously as I, as I mentioned just um, just before Brian told us the Akadi story. Um we haven't got that much for Crazy things in Europe this week. So, as I said, we're going to surprise a question on the fellow pod cast panel. And the, the question is a European game that you would love to go to? Oh. It always comes to me first, so someone else can go. Hmm. I'll say first, I'd really like to go to Ajax Feyenoord at Feyenoord. Are you, are you going to be waiting for the Ajax fans with the rest of them at the uh, tube station? Or whatever that's, it is? A, that, that's, that's at Ajax. Isn't oh, is it Ajax? I want to go to Rotterdam. That's the coupe. Right. Right. I was just, just thinking that. that was Anywhere but wrong. Good Anywhere tune. but wrong. Disagree with that. Alex? <laughs> hmm. 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 Um, probably say the Milan derby. Always wanted to go to Italy and I've always wanted to see the San Siro as a stadium. So, yeah. And I enjoyed seeing AC Milan when I saw him against Celtic. So, pick up any AC Milan stang- songs? Uh, nah. Yes, you can't did. speak Italian. You did. You did. Yes, because you were singing one yes, to me the morning after. Come on, Alex. Come on, I'll give you my Barca song. I think it's only fair that you give us your Milan song. Uh, Ali, 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 Milani. Ali, 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 Milani. Ali, 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 Milani. I'm in such good effort. Mike. Mike first. No, 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 I'm going last. I always go first. Uh, I think Dortmund Schalke would be one. At Dortmund? No, at... Schalke. Sitting in the Schalke end? Shit, sitting in the Dortmund end. Shitting in the Schalke <laughs> <laughs> It's not like that. <laughs> so you don't like it. That's how you're into it yourself. Obviously, too. because everybody obviously knows that the Dortmund's home following and, and obviously the war is, is, is absolutely unbelievable to, to kind of witness before every game, but uh, th- when they went to, to Schalke, they all was all in black, all covered up, only eyes showing, and they've done it at Wembley as well, so... It'd obviously be very interesting to kind of see that game from, from a Dortmund point of view because it looks like they do, really don't like Schalke and Schalke don't like them as much either. So I think I think everyone talks about kind of the... On the continent, we like Spain and, and Italy, we kind of the, the passion that you, you see from those and the language and stuff. But I think Germany's kind of got that kind of simmering little underbelly as well. That's much similar to Holland and, and France. So and, and I've been to Germany before and, and been and seen Bayern Munich and... 
and that was that was a decent atmosphere, and I think that one would be particularly good as well. Um, mine, George, you, you've you've been to this game. Uh, very lucky boy. Uh, Roma versus Napoli. You like to go to that one? Yeah, definitely. After being to Rome, mm. like just uh, just to the city as a tourist, um, it it was brilliant, and I could only feel like the one thing that was missing was going to a game. And I don't think I've got the bollocks to go and watch Roma v Lazio. So I think the next one would be uh, Roma Napoli. Two swear words for Mike so far in the show. Yep. Halfway through. I don't know, you want to shit in the Dortmund then? I didn't say that. You said that. There's <laughs> <laughs> only you to swear now. You're going to throw in it just for the sake of it? Leave it, Alex. You're from Rainford. It's not the type Pete, of Pete, Ra- Rising above it. Pete will be listening. Pete will be well fuming. Well done. At least he didn't say the C word. And talking about Alex, we'll come to you next. <laughs> Um, we're Evan, my favourite time of the week <laughs> Everton <laughs> <laughs> Evan of course set up a quarter final tie with Arsenal after comfortably beating Swansea 3-1 Stephen Naismith scored again Nasty. certainly did of course he did what did you tell me last night is there a better finish in the Premier League is I there a better finish in Europe I'd love to in see sh- I'd love to see a strike conversion rate Thanks. I generally would though I would actually be interested to see that um, who scored dot com 16,000% <laughs> is it? That's, that's, is that's that genuine. Sixteen. You're laughing at me, but that's that's genuine. <laughs> sure. Up from last season, that's what it is. Sure it is. Is that is that a question or? Yeah, that's it. On Everton, right? <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> no, come on. Oh. Stephen, no, generally on Stephen A. Smith. Obviously, he came off the bench to score again. Um, how useful could he be in the running? Very useful. Um, we discussed him against Anfield when he was on for a long period and disappointing, and obviously started the game at Tottenham. And, was disappointing as well. He just seems the type of player who he's he's better coming off the bench when uh, everyone else is tired and he can sort of buzz about and make a bit of an impact. And obviously, when he gets a chance, he doesn't re- really miss too many as well. Um, we discussed when Morales should have passed to him at Tottenham. I think we all know now if he had passed to him, we, we, would, we, would, have, we would have been one nil. But uh, we would have won, yeah. Stephen wheeled away. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he he's all right. Yeah, he's a good impact player and. Uh, he seems to know what he's doing in front of goal. He's he's always quite composed. He doesn't ever seem to panic in front of goal. Is he gaining cult status amongst the Everton fans? I wouldn't go that far. Especially with his finger wagging celebration. I wouldn't go, go that far. Yeah, but you know, it's me. Maybe. I think I think we're all waiting for him to score an important goal before he gets into that cult status. Obviously, what's Tony Hibbert's a cult hero? What's he done? He's just sat he right back for a few years, um, shuffling forward. Like you see with Oviedo, he's a bit of a cult hero. He scored at United and. Obviously, Evan loves him for that. I think if, say, like Naismith scored the winner away at Arsenal to, to send us to Wembley, that, that would maybe cement him as a bit of a cult hero. Are you starting to believe now that, obviously, Liverpool are out and Chelsea are out, so they're two of the big boys that are out of the competition, that this could be a year? <laughs> I'd love to think it was our year, but until it, until it happens, I wouldn't really believe it, given how long we've been waiting for a trophy. Obviously, Arsenal away is a very difficult tie. You saw, you saw yesterday the... They got the win against you as much as you deserved something more from the game. It's always going to be difficult going to the Emirates, but I think we can take heart from our league performance there this season. I think most of the panel would agree we were the better team and mm. probably disappoint. It was disappointing to come away with a point. Like how many times have Evan been able to say that over the years? So if we can put in a similar performance, hopefully put away a couple more chances, then yeah, why why can't we beat him and get to the semis? What did you think of the performance as a whole? Because looking from the outside, it, it seemed as if it was kind of a possession battle. It was, until Neil Taylor it was a strange game, game to be honest. It didn't ever seem to get any particular rhythm or any side to take control of the game, really. I thought up until up until Swansea equalised, I thought we were the better team. And then for, for a long period when it was one all, I thought they, they were by far the better team. We didn't really look as if we were in the game. And obviously... The second goal came from a gift from them, and I think the way the way the game was going, that was the only way we were we were going to get in front. And I think once once we did get in front, we were the better team, and we sort of had the cushion to sort of play our style and put a bit more of a um, statement on the game. And then obviously we got the penalty, and once we scored that, it was game over. They were never they were never in it after that. Uh, I watched the game yesterday, um, and Sam Matterface was commenting, uh, commentate, commenting, commentating. <laughs> Uh, on the game for ITV, uh, <coughs> and he he made a, a good point, and I'd I'd like to get your thoughts on it, Alex. Um, he said like obviously Martinez likes his teams to play from the back, and and he likes likes you know when the back four do have the ball, he'd rather them 
play it amongst themselves or play it into the midfield on the ground rather than even if there is pressure on the ball rather than uh, lumping it long. So um, I was I was just thinking if um, you know he he made the point of good teams coming to no disrespect to Swansea but better teams coming to Goodison Park. Um, do you think that that tactic could be a bit of a risk um, in future games? I wouldn't say so. I think that style and those tactics have served us quite well this season. Like particularly at home, I think we've lost one in God knows how many, however many games. Obviously, some of that was under Moyes, but I wouldn't really be too concerned. I think a lot of the problem yesterday was was the crowd. I think the, there was times when we'd be passing it about at the back and. We'd be 20 minutes into the game and the crowd would be like, going, oh, get it forward, get it forward. And it's like, there's a long way to go. Just like have patience with the style and, and how we're playing and it'll come through. I think there was a time where um, the Swansea player was, was really pressuring, I think, Distan or Jagielka. And his only option was to, to pass it back to a, the goalkeeper and people were moaning. It's like, what do they expect him to do? Try and try and skin a forward when he's the last man. It, he just doesn't, doesn't happen and... He passed it back and Joel hoofed it up the pitch first time under pressure and everyone was, you know, throwing arms and moaning and it's like limbs. Yeah, limbs everywhere. It was like what what do you expect them to do? There was there was too much uh, discontent around the ground for my liking yesterday. We've spoken about maybe Javi Garcia is, you know, the best player in the world. Is Lucina Traore the best player in the world? Don't no. <laughs> no. No. What other player in the world could score back here like that? Someone with equally long legs, I imagine. I don't think Peter Crouch could Would pull someone short have scored that? No. Is he the best player in the world? No. What did you think about him yesterday? <laughs> uh, I, I wasn't too impressed with him, to be honest. I thought. What? Back heel aside, I don't really thought. Bobby Martinez really said it was a beautiful debut. It's always nice to score on your debut as a striker, but I thought he didn't really offer much or bring anything to the table. It was almost like he was playing a reserve game or a training ground match. He, he didn't really offer much, but, and it's a big but, you'd have to take him. To, into consideration he hasn't played for a long time obviously he was in Russia and then he didn't play when he was at Monaco and he's been out injured as well so I suppose until he's had a, a run of games and he's fully match fit it'd be, it'd be unfair on him to make a genuine assessment of how good he is or not but um, yeah it's always nice for a striker to score um, and always nice when, when it's on the debut that to get that first goal out of the way it's not, not too much of a burden so yeah The other week I hate to remind you um, you said that you'd Prioritised fourth place over the FA Cup. Um, have I just took your question, Mike? Continue. <laughs> Obviously, eight points is the gap with a game in hand. Um, what's the feeling now? Still the same. Still the same. Still the same. Okay. Can I uh, can I uh, add something to that? Um, Please do, Michael. School of Science. We meet again. <laughs> uh, is this going to be a regular feature? It's going to be a regular feature. They they tweeted yesterday before the game. Um, there's there's a few tweets actually which I want to I want to relay to you and Fire see away. and see if you agree or disagree. Away, but the yeah. first one relates to what Jordan's just said. Uh, winning the FA Cup greater than finishing fourth. History remembers winners. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I would say I agree, but I think in terms of what you can't change your mind. <laughs> Let me finish. Sorry, carry on, continue. Yeah, I'd agree that obviously history remembers remembers winners and and all that, but I think, like I said, my reasoning behind prior, prioritising fourth is, you know, the whole um, the whole drag of being in the Champions League, I think it'll serve us better in terms of trying to get better players to the club and the money aspect, and I think in the long run it'd be better for the club overall. I think once next season started, no-one's bothered that Everton won the FA Cup last season. Do you know? Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, you could ask that question to Grant Holt as to as to why he joined Wigan over the summer. I think it's because they're FA Cup winners. Um, okay, let's carry on with School of Science. Um, <laughs> there was there was a picture of Stephen Naismith. Uh, the caption read: Stephen Naismith hashtag bagger. Agree or disagree? Bagger. Bagger. It's is he a bagger or is uh, is he not a bagger? That sounds like a. Sounds like he was Asda. Does, oh, does it, it sounds like a, like he's a a user? <laughs> does look like he uses. Oh, kidnapper. Yeah. Um, Do you agree, agree or disagree? Um, yeah, I'd have to say he's a bagger. Uh, I'm assuming they mean he, he's a good finisher. Yeah, okay. I, I have to agree so. on that. He, do, he, do, he can finish, yeah. He's a very composed uh, man in front of goal. Um, <laughs> next one, Martinez subs spot on again today. Yeah, I'd have to say they were. I'd have to agree with that. Um, it didn't really 
fill me with confidence to see Naismith and Osman at the side. But uh, I think a lot of people obviously wanted a bit of excitement and a bit of speed and we're calling for McGeady and Dale failed to come on. But I'd have to say that's the reason he, he's the manager and the fans aren't. He's got them spot on again. And uh, it's, an, it's just another substitution where he's brought it on and changed the game in our favour. And another sub- substitute he'd scored as well, which is always nice. And a final one from uh, the SOS, I'm going to call them now. Um, they thought that, the, well, I'll, I'll read it word for word. Thought the atmosphere was, was disgraced. What's going on here in the background? Jordan, what's troubling you? Jordan's having a fit. Jordan, what's wrong? Jordan's enjoying right. the segment. It's just, <laughs> it's just what, sorry? Jordan likes the segment. Carry on, Mike. Let him okay. laugh. Um, the thought of Steve Naismith is easy. thoughts of him going home and going on streets onto Twitter and, and, and uh, searching school science. <laughs> I actually did it today in the line. Yeah. Uh, the face on you when you see some tweets that's all it is. To be honest, there was better ones than these that I left. Can't speak. Um, thought the atmosphere was disgracefully bad today. Players need, sorry, players need lifting when playing poorly. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that, but I also am of the opinion that sometimes the players can't just expect a crowd to be up for it every game. I think sometimes the players have got to show that they're up for it as as much as the crowd are, and sometimes you need the players to get the crowd going with how they're playing and how they're performing. I don't think it'd be fair to 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 anyone to expect the crowd to be to be rocking week in week out. I don't think there's any any no, ground yeah, where yeah. they can to, to where they can say that yeah. week in week out. I think um, still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and here's an interesting stat for you. Uh, also, a question, Alex. Uh, I've, I've really gone to town on Everton this week. You have. Uh, I did have really a lot of time on my us, hands. I really did have a lot of time on my hands uh, this afternoon. Um, Everton reached 50 goals under Roberto Martinez yesterday in 30 in games. 30 game, yes. Can you tell me the manager who held the previous record for the fastest 50 goals? Yes. And it took. Is he is he now the record holder? Uh, well, no, because <laughs> it's he's, so the record he's, still he, stands. He is no, no. Martinez is the fastest uh, Everton manager since this man, who uh-huh. took who took twenty five games. Hmm. Hmm. Harry Catterick. Harry Catterick. He's got it. Nineteen sixty one. Harry Catterick. Uh, just just another one from me. Um, Victor Nietzsche. Interesting start on him. Big Vic. Uh, obviously left Everton now. Moved on to uh, Pastures New, down at the Hawthorns. Um, he scored three Premier League goals this season. One against Manchester City, one against Liverpool, one against Chelsea. Do we bring him back for the final games of the season? <laughs> no. No. Okay, simple as that. Um, final one from me. Uh, How many McGee. more have you got? This is it. <laughs> In fact, no, it's not. Aidan McGeady has got a new nickname, apparently, uh, among the Everton fans. I'm sure it's Do you terrible. know what it is? No, I'm sure it's terrible. Timber. Is he going <laughs> down? Is he yelling timber? Uh, no, uh, it's it's to do with his weight. Appar- apparently, he's, he's arrived from uh, Moscow and he's a bit on the... Packing uh, a bit, yeah. On the, on the I, t- uh, I told you, side. I told you when you were going to do that, that he'd reference that song, didn't I? He, he just, is that what he, that was? Yeah. <laughs> I told you he'd reference that song. Um, and <laughs> finally... That's the second time I've said that. <laughs> Third. Reports in Spain suggest that uh, Gerard Delafoe is going to stay for one more year. Happy or not? Great news. Fantastic news. Here we go. I've, got, I've got a couple of points on Everton as well. Just now now Mike's let you speak. Yep. Sorry, can't sorry. Speak. That's okay. Um, first one, why can't Leighton Baines celebrate? I don't know. He just doesn't ever seem happy to score, does he? I think he was pointing at you. Copying you. I was probably semi giving it a good go and thought yeah right Alex nice, nice to see you sir second question to everyone did Swansea get beat because Gerd Gerd Tremel wore, wore Gerard Gerard Tremel wore a white cap that cap was horrendous hello bless me yeah agree yeah. and the final one is Matt Damon gave an interview to the BBC saying he'll try to be an Everton fan do we want Matt aboard why not we've got a, he's a monument we've got Sylvester we've got got Sylvester Sly well, he actually met some of the Everton squad in the summer while they were on tour, so that might be where Get him sat from. next to Bill. Yeah. Oh, maybe he's got some money. Bill's face if he made up, wouldn't he? Bill, Bill be trying to Where's get him, the money, man? Bill be trying Where's to get him money? on a theatre trip. Wait, 100%. The money, I bet he's got more money than Bill. He probably does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, investing. God. Hey, Matt, I've got a great show of Wicked down in the uh, East End. Do you want to come and watch? <laughs> Do you want to star in it? <laughs> <laughs> OK, we'll um, wrap it up there and Everton move over to Manchester United, who, of course, didn't play at the weekend, but... Still got a little bit to talk about. 
obviously one of those points is the Rooney contract, which is meant to be close. Um, was this through more fear of losing them to Chelsea that United have had to dish out this this sort of money? Um, you'd, you'd say so, but it's, it's one of those where I don't want to become liable or anything. I've, I've got quite a, a strong opinion on this. Um, it, it's, it's, it's kind of scandalous, really, how we've we've let it go on for so long, the whole contract saga, and I think I think uh, Wayne and his agent, Paul Stretford, have played it absolutely brilliantly. I don't think they could have played it any better. Um, obviously, they, they, they've kind of acknowledged that the Chelsea interest came in the summer and played off that. They could have signed a deal in the summer, left it, allowed it to go on into, past the January transfer window. And obviously now he's got uh, about a year on the contracts that he, that he holds at the minute. They, they just held United to a King's ransom. And, and Rooney's form obviously helps that deal because he's playing out of his skin at the minute. He's absolutely fantastic for us. And he's been he's been kind of the shining light of the season so far and, and really holding us well. But it, it it's one of those where the, the Alan Shearers of this world and the and those players who hold records for goals in England will will, will come out and say, oh, oh, it's fantastic, Wayne can stay in the Premier League and break my record and I'll really enjoy it and clap it when it does. But it doesn't bode well for English football when when a player can can earn that sort of money at the age of 28, 29, going into the final four years of his career, and he's he's taken us for eighty million quid, which is which is absolutely ridiculous. So, I think that it it was obviously a last minute deal, but United should be a little bit more shrewd and, and get that sorted because we can't afford to be playing every player the same wage. And obviously, it it may cause some discontent in the dressing room where they look across and think, well, I've played. Kind of as well, Van Persie and Yanazai and Matt. I will think, well, I'm just as good as Wayne Rooney is. Why don't I get that sort of money? And then it's it's obviously a downward spiral. So I'm I'm particularly not impressed with the deal. But what can you do? It's a strange one, this really, because usually when these sorts of deals pop up, there's usually overwhelming joy from from most fans. Um, usually, you know, the consensus is when these these deals come around. Say, for example, Suarez. Um, you know, all Liverpool fans were celebrating as though, you know, sort of we won a cup or whatever. But on this occasion, it seems that no, not many people, no one I've spoke to, no Man United fans I've spoke to, are in favour of this, which makes the deal, which makes it even more yeah, strange. It's, obviously, it's, I think it's the obviously the Suarez deal. He is, it's kind of it's not as much money as Rooney but as as a kickoff, and obviously he's kind of adored on Merseyside. Even when he put the the kind of so-called request in, there were still fans that were saying, "Oh, well, we don't believe he's going to go." So he'll obviously stay with the club. Whereas Rooney now, obviously. Under Sir Alex, put a, re- a request into either club, had his mind changed by money, and then obviously does the same in the summer. And, and once again, he seems to have had his mind changed by money, and and it's, it's really disappointing when you just hope that he's obviously playing for the, the love of the club, not for the the financial rewards that, that come with the game. And, and I'm not for one instant saying that Wayne isn't is that is that sort of player because he puts his heart on his sleeve and he, he try and he puts his efforts in, and and you can see it that on the pitch he, he really enjoys his football, and he has done so far this season, despite the kind of pressures that we've been under. So I, I just think that the, the agent doesn't really play really well. And I think that if you have a, a more experienced kind of board member, such as a David Gillen there, or, or Martin Edwards when he, when he was at the club, instead of Ed Woodward as a chairman, then the deal doesn't go through for that sort of valuation because they, they'll hold their ground and they'll stay strong in the boardroom. And I think we've, we've, we've been allowed to be bullied by someone who's just kind of a con man of an agent. Obviously, Village is leaving in the summer. Um, Fernand looks like he's going to leave as well. Um, that really only leaves Wayne Rooney to captain the club. See, that that's another one that's just that's got me kind of riled. Um, it's it's disappointing that that obviously all the points that I've made there, and then and then we go, oh, do you know what, Wayne? You're taking us for three hundred grand a week. Be the captain if you want. Put in two transfer requests. I'll, I'll be the captain. Go on, go on, take take over the dressing room. Um, Obviously, there's not a lot of players that you look at and, and say that they're captain material, and that's what we kind of missed this season. We've missed a really a leader and someone, and and Rooney's obviously a leader, but he's not someone that can lead from the back and, and like Vidic is. And, and if ever goes as well, that takes another kind of a captain's candidate down. Um, Carrick isn't a vocal player; he's not captain material, and he wouldn't want to take it. And and obviously Darren Fletcher has captain the side on occasion, but he's not an elite player anymore, and we never really has been. So. It wouldn't be ideal to stick him as, as a captain in the dressing room when he might not play every game if we make some big summer signings. So, obviously, the, the kind of the everything points towards Rooney, but I think a few fans, obviously that I know and and United fans that go to the games week in week out will will be disheartened by the the fact that he can get away with kind of robbing us for so much money and then 
and then be the main club leader, which obviously makes him more money in terms of commercial and, and kind of corporate success and stuff. So it's disappointing, but there's no one really in the dressing room that you pick other than Rooney. OK, we'll have to wrap it up there. We've run out of time. But obviously, Pellegrini's come out. Um, he's made a few comments about pick Manchester club against Manchester club here. Hopefully we'll have um, a few punches, a few kicks, a few headbutts. Let's see what happens. Um, he said... If we only consider this season, there's just one club in Manchester, and it is ours. Who are we going to first? Hmm? Manchester is Throw, blue. Throwing it into the middle. Is that what he's saying? Um, I think it. I think the point he's trying to get at is on the field. Yeah, you know we we are the best. Mm. We are the best team in Manchester. Um, but I think I think to there's say, one club in Manchester. He doesn't say team. <coughs> mm. uh, uh, no, does not. <laughs> um, I, it might be, I think it's one of those where kind of his, his translation well, not necessarily his translation but the point he's trying to make hasn't come across as, as the way he would like it to have said I think um, it's a bit he's, uncharacteristic he's, he's in it for him he's to probably say trying it. to say there's only there's only one team that's really in like yeah. consideration if for it, if the it club was, so if it was somebody like Mourinho or someone of that kind of ilk when, that, when something like that comes out you automatically take it as it's read so, you, so you look mm. and you think that that's. I'm just, I'm just looking at the use of the word club rather than team. It's, it's yeah, I think, I'm I think just that's being the devil's advocate. I'm just putting it out there. Obviously, it's doing job. On the kind of again, he swore. Get in. Obviously, on the um. It used to be a clean podcast. What's happened? The kind of the point of uh, this season, they they have been firing away that the best team, and p- potentially you you could say that last season when you when you kind of compare squads, they they had a stronger squad than us, but they're kind of. Form let them down, in terms of kind of challenging us for the for the championship last season. So, but it's one of those where I think in in the next year or two years or so, then the tide is beginning to turn, and it's important that we kind of that we 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 do kind of re-establish ourselves as one of the top teams in in Manchester, and and that will be pivotal when it comes to the to the derby at Old Trafford because that'll that'll be a marker of how far away we are from from being up there, with 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 the likes of City and Chelsea and, and Liverpool. Um, just a quick one. You know, you said uh, you said then about um, you're not like the top team anymore, and you need to re-establish yourself as a top team. Obviously, it's not not something you would like to accept, or you just roll over and let it happen. But do you buy into the idea that greatness doesn't last forever, and United's time's just well and truly over, and you're going to have to accept that you're not going to be challenging for titles anymore? Uh, well, you've obviously seen because I'm sure, like twenty twenty years down the line, I'm doubt City. Will they might be, but they might not be challenging. Like Chelsea might yeah, be the probably, ones challenging. Yeah, it not. might be someone else. You, you've, like you've, Liverpool had their time. And as I'm saying, you, have, you obviously have seen that, that kind of the that Liverpool, the kind of era where we were dominant before Liverpool established themselves, they were in the position that we were in, losing games against teams you shouldn't lose games against, never challenging, uh, missing out on European spots. So uh, obviously, kind of the way football is at the minute, everything swings around, teams fall off, teams become great again obviously like you see the likes of kind of like Leeds that drop down the leagues or Southampton that drop out and come straight back up and, and obviously football's kind of ever changing but I think that it's it's a different world now where we've established ourselves as, as one of the elite clubs in Europe. Obviously this season hasn't done that well to prove that. So I wouldn't necessarily say that in the next kind of five, six years we'll we'll drop down to horrific levels. I think we'll still always be challenging at the elite level of football and you just hope that Kind of Ivan Moyes gets it right and gets everything sorted, or we 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 make actions and we improve ourselves and, and we do a little bit better. I don't want to fall into the the, the Liverpool trap of, of dropping so far off the pace that you sign players that aren't good enough for the history and the heritage that you hold. So I'd love to just ride this season out, come back next season a bigger and stronger animal, and see how we get on. Just uh, just in one word, then to think this time next season, um, if we are sat here doing a podcast, I very much doubt it, but. Um, do you think you'll be in this position next uh, this time next year, or do you think you'll be challenging for the Premier League? Uh, challenging for the Premier League. Okay, and we'll move over to Michael Fairclough's feature. Take it away, Mike. Uh, yeah, now you are right time. Um, I'll start off this week. Mine's fairly serious again. I'm 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 getting a bit serious on this feature. I think I need to. Do we need to step it up, or do you need to step it but down? T- to be fair, I think I need to just just relax, take a moment, and <laughs> and maybe assess. Where, where, where I want to go with the it. The School of Science one's light high. So. School of Science, okay. Thank, thanks to the SOS. Um, mine is on uh, foreign managers and um, the idea that clubs have to appoint British managers. It, it's really frustrating me now. 
Um, it, it came about when um, West Brom appointed Pepe Mel, and I heard countless num- number of people saying, well, why, why have they gone and done that? Like, why have they not brought in someone from this country? Well, it's up to them. Like, and plus why, it's nothing. Why, why do you have to go and appoint Even Mike down. Bassett when you can go and get... Do you know what I mean? You, you can, you can, They're all too busy being pundits anyway. It's, it's, but you could say, you could say that with, with West Brom, the fact that they... Obviously, they had Hodgson. He did well. Moved on to Liverpool. Obviously, didn't do as well as he could have done there. Then Di Matteo... Obviously, he's, he's kind of a foreign manager, but he's had a lot of experience in this country, and then they moved on to Steve Clark. So they've had the fair share of managers that are based within the Premier League, and they've gone for something a little bit different, and you can't blame them for trying to get out of the, the trouble that they're in. No. Uh, the one the one that uh, brought it back up for me is because I, I overheard someone on Five Live this weekend saying that um, like Fulham are in a mess uh, because none of the last three managers that they've had this season have been British. Well, Martin Yell's vastly experienced in the Premier League, so is Muenstein as a coach, and Magat's just a gamble. And plus that, yeah. Wilkins Kirbishly. So then, so then they brought up the point. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm dragging on a bit here, but then they brought up the point of like Tony Pulis, what he's done at Palace, which is admirable, but it's not because he's British. It's because you know because of what he brings as a man. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so yeah, that's. No, me. No, I totally agree. I think with yeah. Paul as well, like um, you know Paul Ince, look look what he's done. Like you know how, how he got the Blackpool job in the first place is beyond me. Mm. Don't whether that had a lot to do with the fact that Tom Ince was there. But personally, if I was a, a football player, you know, probably the, one of the last things that you'd want and um, being in that environment every day is your dad managing you. That's just personally. No offence, Dad. <laughs> uh, Alex, we'll move on to you. Um, mine was actually inspired by a tweet Henry Winter put uh, last week. I can't remember word for word, but it was along the lines of... Well, just look, just, just, look just, at, just do just your research. My phone's died. Oh. I did favourite the tweet, okay. so oh, I would remember it. My phone has died. Um, it, was, it was to do with uh, Mourinho's comments, saying uh, Arsene Wenger's a failure and all that. Um, and he said the, L- uh, the LMA, obviously the League Managers Association, should do something about it. Why? Does he, does he have to say nice things about him? I've, I, for one, love, love a football rivalry. I mean, you said the other week, Jordan, that um, you didn't celebrate a goal like Suarez against Everton for a long time. I'm sure if that had been the fourth of a 4-0 win against someone like, I don't know, like Norwich, it wouldn't have been anywhere near the amount of like happiness and passion you would have felt. So this all, be nice and love everybody and don't hate anyone. It's all football, it's all a game. I just don't buy into it's it whatsoever. 60s, isn't it, really? Like hippie. Yeah. I, I, I love for one like hating other football clubs. <laughs> I don't. I don't particularly like. That's part of, no, yeah, it's, it's part of the fun. Like you, you always cheer a goal or want another team to to not win more against teams that you don't like. Like, does anyone care what Fulham do on a Saturday? Do you know what I mean? But it's always good to see like Liverpool drop points or whatever. Particularly if it involves Everton. Here's, here's, you buy into it. Here's you know tweet, what I mean? Oh, you found it. Valentine's Day massacring. Mourinho calls Wenger a specialist in failure. Tacky from Mourinho. LMA need to negotiate a truce. Yeah. Why? The o- the only thing that needs sorting out with that it just needs it's so boring. It just, it's, it's just escalating. The whole out. thing is the, like the, the, like, the worst thing about he's, it is he's got Rodgers involved now, hasn't he? Well, Rodgers like, stayed out there to be fair. Rodgers said not even not even that. It's gone too far. Guardiola's obviously Barcelona play tomorrow night. They've asked him about it. They've asked Guardiola about what do you think of the Mourinho Wenger situation? It's like it's not the, his being. It's Chelsea like Everton beating Arsenal, United in December wouldn't have meant half as much if Moyes hadn't said the things he'd said. So let let like let managers say what they want. It creates a it good creates atmosphere. atmosphere and it creates uh, it creates like good matches. The Liverpool Chelsea rivalry, sorry, Mike, just just quickly, the Liverpool Chelsea rivalry of recent years was built on the fact of Mourinho. It was, it was, it was behind, says. yeah, because 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 of Mourinho and the way he acted. So, Jordan, you can. Uh, uh, mine is um, some of the Arsenal banners um, present at the game yesterday. This isn't a, a slight at Arsenal, it's just a, a slight at some of the banners that were present yesterday. For Thomas Vermeulen, there was um, the Verminator. For Freddie Lundberg, there was why why fly when you can walk on water? You know, pro- a well, good that, question, really. That That's something we all need to Very live rel- our lives yep. by. Very relative and, to... Um, another one for Jack Wilshere was um, sheer willpower. Ah. So, um, yeah. That's mine. Short and sweet. Um, probably not much to discuss. And we'll finish with Brian. Uh, mine is from the Sunderland Southampton game at the weekend. Obviously, everybody's been talking. About, it's kind of a joint one, really. Obviously, everyone was talking about Mario Balotelli's wonder strike on the the weekend. I was 
in work on Saturday and I've had five live on, on on the break and the commentator had compared Craig Gardner's finish to Balotelli's. said, uh, if you've seen Balotelli's goal, then you'll love this one from Craig Gardner. Obviously watched the replay when I got home, nowhere near as good. But followed by the old celebration with clicking the fingers together, the kind of Ali G kind of representative. But what was even worse was that you could <laughs> wrapping stains. You could tell that he hadn't connected and he couldn't do it right and he just looked it was one of those, I think he's one of those footballers that, that listens to a little bit of R and B on the coach and, and likes a casino trip and uh, I like that I liked Adam Johnson's the other week at Newcastle. The half Ronaldo celebration. He sort of realised he was doing it. The like yeah, you know the way he's pointing at his chest yeah. and like I'm here. And he sort of halved it and then he sort of realised. Realised I'm not Ronaldo. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Um, back same time next week on a Monday. So we'll see you then. Thanks for listening.